0: Hi, I'm Advait, and you're listening to the broadcast. Today, we have with us co founder and CEO of the e plane company, Pranjal.
1: Hi there. We build drones and want to build electric planes to move people in cities someday. So, we'll talk about that today. Cool. So, the e plane company
0: has quite an impressive list of achievements under their kitty. So, last month, they were in Dubai for the World Self Driving Congress for their work on autonomous drones. And I think in February, they're going to be in London for the move 2020, where their other co-founder is giving a talk on how electric planes will disrupt commute. So now all this sounds really, really fancy.
1: And how did this start? Um, It's quite a story. Uh, My co-founder, he's also from IIT Madras, He graduated about 30 years ago and became a prof and uh, he's been doing research, cutting-edge research for the last 20 years, got a center up and running for combustion, largest in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, has got about 30 million dollars in funding from government and industry to do research in the center. And this combustion expert realized that electric is the future and he did what a lot of entrepreneurs today call self-disruption. He decided to move into electric. Got it. So self-disruption is
0: basically like what Apple did. With the iPod, wherein they launched the iPhone after it, which had
1: the features of the iPod, thereby killing their own product. So, yes. something of those lines? Yes, exactly, precisely. Mm-hmm. So, he decided he wants to get into electric, and him being an aerospace engineer, he said, I will build electric planes. And uh, he got a bunch of his students started to work on it, and one of them was my senior. She got me on board because I was doing a couple of businessy things on campus, and they wanted to add someone who had a business perspective to this entire idea. And uh, it just so happened that that businessy thing that I talk about uh, is nothing more than a Samsung competition, which I did with none other than who is hosting me today, Adwait. Right. Uh, good times, Advet Right, right. So wait, wait. Let's just hold on here. So both of us
0: were students at IIT Madras, and then you were a metallurgy student, yes. Who then went on to become a businessy guy, quote unquote, yeah, at an aerospace deep tech startup. Yes. Awesome. So, so usually you see. Quotes about IITians getting like all these big MNC packages and then leaving college, but here
1: we have a very different person. Um, uh, I I don't know if that was the right choice. Uh, money seems good, but um, I've made my choice for now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, awesome. So electric planes sounds really, really futuristic. What are you guys exactly doing there? Um, uh, we started this as a company where we wanted to build electric planes, and soon realized that we might not be suited uh, to do that at the moment which was 2017 December I would say and we said okay you know what Uh, not let's not be disappointed we will scale down the technology and we will build electric drones obviously if you scale it down you can't move people but guess what you can move things so we built a delivery drone and we're using the same technology and plan to scale it to move to electric planes in the future right right so
0: if I understand this correctly you are starting off with drones, and then as maybe the market matures, you move on to electric planes. Yes. So your V0 or your MVP is a drone. Business.
1: Yes. Awesome. So what do these drones do exactly? So these drones are designed keeping urban delivery in mind. And you might ask, why delivery in specific? Um. The answer really is, there are a lot of drone companies in the world. You go online, you can find probably a thousand. And you need to understand that what these companies do currently what you call a drone is simply a box with four fans and these have been used for various applications. But they can't really lift much. They're just good for hovering or launching from anywhere. That is the Right, so point. you're talking about like the wedding, the photography drones. Basically. Yes, yes. What you popularly see in the newspaper. Yeah, and uh, these drones have been around for a long time and have found great applications, but they can't really lift and um, People have got really creative with what these drones can do, Uh, they can do photography, they can do survey, they can do search and rescue and when they got a little more creative they said, hey, uh, maybe we can move pizzas with this and (laughs) (laughs) we've we've seen those news articles where somebody goes berserk in Palo Alto and uh, tries to move a pizza using a drone and people think it's a security threat and the police is called but the question is why not? Uh, why not in the future should we, moving, should we be moving our pizzas with drones? Got and it. the real reason is that these drones can't lift enough and you ask why? And after doing a lot of our specialty to science, we uh-huh. realize that um, these drones aren't meant to lift much and go long distances. But guess what? The planes that we've known for almost a hundred years now or more Actually, do just that. Mm-hmm. So, what we've realized is there is a need in the market for something that can lift and go long distances. Unless that is achieved, you cannot do deliveries. Correct. Right,
0: right. But that how do you
1: build that? Mm-hmm. and that's where we had our eureka moment mm-hmm. we realized that if we can build a product inspired mm-hmm. from the conventional plane that we know got it mm-hmm. and this drone which is awesome because it can take off from anywhere right right we will get a product which you can launch from anywhere uh-huh. and can carry enough and go further awesome so what i am
0: understanding here is it's something which is a mix between say a helicopter and like the Wedding drones that we see, the photography drones.
1: Um, a mix between a helicopter and a normal
0: plane. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And wait, wait so all these things are powered by petrol currently. So where did this electric angle come? In?
1: Um, yeah. So uh, that is where you scale things down. Uh, okay. I I would say this is a mix between what you see as a hobby flying aircraft, the uh-huh. small ones with wings, right, which right. you throw with a hand, and a quadcopter, not a helicopter. Oh, and a plane. So okay. let's let's talk small because we're talking drones. Got it. And why it is electric is that uh, when you talk about electric products, they're just. Simpler to build, they have lesser moving parts, so most popularly it is known that a Tesla, the, the, the drive, right. it has probably 250 moving parts. Right. Whereas right. a conventional combustion car has 2000 plus. Right. So it's just mm-hmm. easier to build, maintain and that is why you want to go electric.
0: Awesome, awesome,
1: cool. Cool. So I remember seeing in the newspaper
0: a while back that uh, there was Swiggy which had tried something like this, Zomato trying something like this, now a bunch of different companies
1: are getting into this space. Do you see them as prospective clients for you guys? Or? Um. Yes. Uh, it is awesome to see them trying this out, which means that they understand the value in something like this. Uh-huh. But we believe that we have a better product. So okay. when we go and offer it to them, they should simply integrate it into work Awesome. Working. Awesome. And uh, good that you mentioned, um, we are working with one of these companies that you mentioned. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> right. allowed to mention which one, but one of those that you did.
0: <laughs> Got it. Sure. <laughs> cool. So you... Drones is the first case. And so I remember you saying that your summit in Dubai, the self driving congress, was for your work on autonomous drones. So let's talk a little about the autonomous piece here.
1: Right. Um so it can get slightly confusing, so just uh-huh. stay with me. Right. When we say autonomous, you naturally just think that okay, the drone should take off and you know, fly to a destination that you determine. By uh-huh. itself, correct. Right. And uh, people tend to think it's very simple because planes already do that, right? Right. Uh, the pilot takes off and uh-huh. then it just flies by itself and then it pilot lands it. Autopilot, so, yeah. yeah. But that's autopilot, that is not autonomous. The reason being, okay. if something comes in between mm-hmm. the flight trajectory in real time, okay, the plane can't do anything. The pilot has to manually steer it around and God save you. Oh, oh okay. So what you're saying is that if say a bird flies past your plane?
0: Yes. It's up to the pilot to do the maneuvering. No,
1: that's what autopilot would mean. But we can't rely on autopilot. Got it. it. So what we're doing is we're adding sensors on board Mm -hmm. and we're trying out a couple technologies right now, right from computer vision using cameras Mm -hmm. to LIDARs, which are already being used for self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing how can we make the drone so smart that Mm -hmm. if something comes in the way, and we will obviously plan for it to not come. But if something comes in the way, how do you sort of detect it? Mm-hmm. and then plan an alternate route around this object or avoid it and continue on your path.
0: Okay, got it. And I'm guessing this is a lot more significant for you than for the plane because you're not flying at those altitudes? Yes. What What kind of altitudes are we looking at here? So,
1: the civilian airspace for flying the aircrafts that we know and travel mm-hmm. in is above 400 feet. Okay. Right. So flying above that is beyond question today. Okay. Everything below 400 feet is where drones can operate today. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. And this is across the world, it is not a uh, India government policy, it is across the world. Okay, got it, got
0: it. But now speaking of government policy, so um, you said that, right, so this is one restriction I guess you have, you can't fly above 400 feet. What is the government like generally with its stance on drones? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this is a very interesting question because uh, I've been to a bunch of VCs, a bunch of competitions, everywhere you go, this is the question they want you right. to answer first. Right. And I guess it's fair. Uh, but what's interesting is all over the world, drones have been around for almost a while now. Uh-huh. And people have sort of gotten used to what it can do and what more it can offer. But as we know, policy always moves uh, you would say it lags with technology. Yeah, right, makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. but across the world, governments have now started saying, Hey, we need to have a policy on this. And the more proactive governments, uh, both in the West and in the East, are now beginning to form their policy on this. And the US already has a policy, and they're moving towards certification, allowing operations as on trial basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, in India specifically, I don't want to talk about India because we're right here, right? And right. this is what uh, relevant to us. Right. In India, something amazing is happening, which is the government has identified that this is an upcoming space, and we want to be world leaders. We don't want to sort of follow suit. We want to be world leaders. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the policy coming up here is actually better than anywhere else in the world. The kind mm-hmm. of uh, standards that they're setting, mm-hmm. I am sure that after they're implemented, a lot of other companies will follow. Uh, countries will follow suit. That's awesome. Like you usually don't see the Indian government being the leader in cases like this. But True. And where this really started uh, is with uh, UPI. We're sort of world leaders in payments now. You don't see such awesome payment infrastructure anywhere else in the world. And sort of this is coming into drones as well. And more specifically, uh, drones became legal in India in 2018 December. Oh, okay. So since yeah, almost a year now. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting to understand is that these are just drones that can be used for imaging. So the drone in your wedding photography. The wedding right. photography. That's legal. Uh, you want to go and do a survey of your plot. That's uh-huh. legal. Uh-huh. You want to deliver something. That's illegal today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. But what's interesting is the government has already put out a proposal on or, or a roadmap on how they would make that legal. And sticking to their promise, uh, they have started what we call beyond visual line of sight trials. Or to keep it simple for the audience, this is basically when a drone goes far away, you can't see it. Okay, okay. (laughs) And if you want to deliver, it has to go far away. Okay, got it. So so (laughs) right now, if you can see the drone, you can fly it. (laughs) But in the future, when you want to do delivery, you will not be able to see the drone. Mm -hmm. And that is something the government wants to understand that what scenarios might occur if you're doing such operations. Okay. And the trials for that are in place. Mm-hmm. We're sort of the front runners to get permission to do those trials. Mm-hmm. There are about 10 companies in India that have sort of given their proposals and are uh, working with the government to do this. And this is supposed to happen over the next six months. At right. the end of these six months, uh, During the six months, first of all, there are government sanction trials that are going to happen for specific use cases and specific test beds that the government has defined, free from civilians, uh, very, very safe, and we need to be sure that these things are safe, right? Right. And at the end of this, the government wants us to give them a report on what we learned, and they're also monitoring this. Awesome. Okay, cool. So, this sounds really great.
0: Bottom line being that the government is proactive on this, and that certain things are legal, and the government is working on a roadmap to get the other things legal. Yep. Cool. Great. So, you just mentioned safety right now, and this is something that's been playing on my head. Um, what is the safety angle? Like, what happens? Is it that bad if a drone falls on your head? Like, is that something which we should be
1: worried about? Um, uh, Not immediately. <laughs> uh, the, the reason is, you see tech and how tech has been growing up. Delivery will find use cases, or drones will find use cases uh, first, where there are less people. So, you're talking about... Uh, moving parts from, let's say, a shore to an offshore drilling operation. Ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. Moving parts for the army from their small their base camps to their front lines. Uh-huh. Right. Moving, right. Moving parts in manufacturing plants. So that's where drones will find applications first, and uh-huh. we will reach a sort of standard where uh, how we have the planes today, uh, six sigma or something, or right. even more, and then they will find applications in the urban space. Having said that, Mm -hmm. uh, the government and the drone companies are making sure that they have all sorts of fail-safes in place. Mm -hmm. So we're even talking about parachutes on drones these days, right? Mm -hmm. So you do not need to worry about a drone landing on your head. Got it,
0: got it. Awesome. So, now let's, let's shift a little and talk about the long-term vision here. So, the e-plane company's long-term vision is to make e-planes. Right. And Elon Musk has famously said that uh, flying planes, flying cars will never happen. Yeah. Which is why he then went on to found the boring, the boring company and go underground instead. Right. Why, why do you think... What, what's your bet on this? What's your take on this?
1: Um, uh, so, uh, thanks for bringing that up. I faced a lot of backlash when uh, Musk said that. Okay. And I really hate him for it. I love his company, but I really hate him for saying that. But uh, I'm glad he corrected himself last year when he said that air taxi... Oh, he did? Yes, yes. I uh-huh. should look that up. So, um, he, when he believes now that electric air taxis will be something that we see in the future. And also, he is trying to work along those lines. And in fact, an engineer from his company... Has quit and started something called impossible drones or impossible aviation and he is doing exactly that. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. And uh, you asked why, I think your question fundamentally is why do this, right? Right. Why, why build electric planes? Right. Uh, yeah. And that's what we want to do in the long term, by the way. So for that, uh, I'll just tell you a quick story and please bear with me on this. Uh-huh. Um, the idea really germinated from here. You have cities that are attracting people from all sorts of rural areas and countryside. And city population is going, urban density is going up everywhere in the world, be it New York, be it Mumbai, be it Paris. Right, that makes sense. And it is expected that this is not going to stop anytime soon. In the next 10 years, 20 years, a lot more people are going to migrate to these cities.
0: Right, right. There's even the concept of super cities and stuff like that.
1: Now the problem is that, great, you're having all these people come in, but they're going to need to move.
0: Uh Uh-huh, okay.
1: And... So you need more space on the road. But the problem is, any ground infrastructure has a huge cost, time, and inconvenience in the time of development associated with it.
0: Got it, got it. As someone from Bangalore, I I really connect with this. Exactly. Bangalore's traffic problems get worse every day. Mm -hmm. So
1: you now start wondering, okay, what do we do? Uh, The immediate idea is to sort of build more roads and so on. So I told you what the problem with that is. And now you start exploring what are alternative things that you can do. Uh And of course, self-driving is one of that. Yeah, but the problem with self-driving is it's sort of like putting makeup on the problem. Okay, in what way? uh, You're not solving the problem of traffic, Mm -hmm. you're just not driving. (laughs) Fair, fair, makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but uh, underground tunnels is great. Uh, Okay, They can actually solve the problem better than Uh self-driving. But it's really expensive and a time-consuming process to sort of dig these tunnels. It's a huge infrastructure that you need to build. Whereas if you build autonomous planes... Mm-hmm. You don't have an infrastructure time or cost. You need to improvise your terraces, not even build, improvise your terraces. Right. Make them ready mm-hmm. to be able to land something like that. And imagine your garage on your terrace instead of your ground floor. <laughs> right. <Yeah? laughs> right. And what now you're th- talking about is sort of a city where you can fly from A to B. Okay. What that really means is just think of what the lift did to apartments. Okay, mm-hmm. Back in the day when there were no lifts, the ground right. floor was the premium uh, offering. I can imagine, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. And you would not see buildings more than three floors because, hey, it's really Who, hard to climb. Who's going to climb more than three floors? And yeah. no one would ever believe if you told them uh, maybe some hundred years back, at least in India, that you can have these big buildings. But the moment the lift came in, today the penthouse on top is the most valuable property. But that is only because of the lift. Uh-huh. And now sort of think of electric planes as this but in a landscape mode. Okay. Today you uh-huh. have big urban centers because you need to stay closer to the center. You, you work here, all the hospitals, schools and facilities are here. So, Living is more expensive, and these are dense areas with huge problems like traffic and so on and so forth.
0: Got it, got it. That's why land prices vary so much within a city as well. Exactly.
1: Right. But the moment you have something like electric planes, you can live really far away from the city because these planes fly fast and they fly straight. So you can probably live 100 kilometers from the city and still work in the city. And uh-huh. so what this means is it will really democratize space. That's interesting. Cool. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. And that is how. Um, Today in Bangalore especially I find it troublesome that a lot of people travel one hour to two hours to just get to work and Uh then back four hours of your day on commute. Shouldn't you be spending that with your family or doing something like going to the gym or doing yoga? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And why should we live in a world like that? I mean, when technology can help you do something better, we're talking about travel times of 6 to 10, 12, 15 minutes every mm-hmm. day while living 100 kilometers away or, or 60 kilometers away from the from the place of work. That, that is where the world is headed. That that sounds awesome.
0: Like really, really
1: awesome. So
0: do you envi- so when these things come up, um, do you envision them being a model where each person owns their own e-plane or is it going to be something like an uber wherein
1: um so that's very interesting uh and i I personally believe both these things will always happen right Uh, you Uh will never have a hundred percent on either side because there will be rich people and there will be people who sort of want to own their own product you know own vehicle even today a car is especially for the older generation a car is a it's like the room you know it's 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 a a personal thing right right and um but that's not for everybody. I mean, as a youngster, I don't mind taking an Uber. I I, I don't mind sharing my car with someone else. Mm-hmm. So it'll be both. And why it has to be both is uh, for such a thing to become economical. Uh, and now we're talking about really short travel times. Uh-huh, right. Yeah? A car you can drive for an hour. Right. Uh, in an electric train, you probably spend six minutes. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then. Uh-huh. Which means that the downtime of an electric plane is going to be much more than the downtime of a car. Right, so
0: in 24 hours in a day, if you own an electric plane, you probably will use it for 12 minutes.
1: Uh, and let's say you want to go out for grocery, fine, 20, right? 30. Sure, 20 minutes so, a day. To increase the utilization, they will have to be shared. Awesome, awesome, that makes sense. Cool, so all
0: this sounds really great, really futuristic. Now let's get to the tough question, as in what does it take
1: for us to go, to go from where we are today uh, to that? A lot of money. <laughs> right? <laughs> but of course, money doesn't solve everything. Um, what we're looking at is, um, if you want to build something like this you need to be able to justify the long r and d time which means that if i'm going to do a proof of concept can i actually commercialize it and that's what we're doing at the e-plane company we said okay. we will scale down the plane when you uh-huh. scale down the plane it can't carry people but it can carry small goods why not make that a product as well and that's obviously also a proof of concept right right so the path is you are not doing a 200 kg carrying drone right now. You're uh-huh. doing a 6 kg and you uh-huh. sell it. Okay. It has its own use cases that we can talk about. Right. But once you've established this 6 kg thing and it works, it's autopilot, it can take off from anywhere, it's electric mm-hmm. and it's carrying things and it's not dropping those things. So it's good. Now you say, hey, can I do 20 to 50 kgs? Got it. Uh-huh. And then you say, now can I do 150 plus kgs? Mm-hmm. And these 150 plus kg vehicles will also first carry cargo. Mm-hmm. and once you've said that hey nothing is falling out <laughs> and this <laughs> uh-huh. is not falling on someone uh-huh you can say hey I think it's ready to move people so that is the path
0: awesome awesome that sounds really really great how what what kind of timeline are we looking at here can I be can I expect to like to see my daughter go to a school in an knee plan
1: um I'd love to say yes, but uh, I am slightly more of a realist entrepreneur. Uh-huh, okay. I love to dream, but in real timelines. Right. Uh, so I would say we're at least 15 years away from Got seeing it. something like this. Uh-huh.
0: 15 is actually really small. I thought this was something... Where 2050 would be the...
1: Um, I would say 15 because I'm still an entrepreneur. So <laughs> I'm slightly more optimistic. But uh-huh. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it would take as long as 2050 also. These things can really take time. Got it, got it. Technology is one aspect. Uh, getting the government to believe that it will be for good and not for bad is one aspect. And then mm-hmm. actually getting the consumer to be okay is mm-hmm. another aspect. So these things will really take time.
0: Understood. Cool. That, that makes sense. Right. So let, then let's let's scroll back a little and talk about what you are doing today, the delivery drone. Yeah. So your drone has like some really impressive stats, man. Like it's called the Akhans. Yeah. And it has a payload of 6 kg, a range of 100 kilometers, a cruise speed of 50 kilometers an hour, and zero emissions. How, how are you doing this? Like the drones which we see today don't even have half these specifications.
1: Yeah. Uh, so... I'd love to correct you on the specs also a little bit, uh, uh-huh. but uh, we'll do that later. But the idea here is very simple. Um, when we started to build our drone, we wanted to be exactly what the current drones are not. Okay. And we thought of inspiring ourselves from things that can actually do what we want them to do rather than the current drones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we took a plane. Okay. We took a drone. Right. And we, and we sort of slapped the wing onto a drone. Oh, okay. So your drone has wings as well, apart from the drone drones. Yes. Okay. Yes. So what you're talking about is the the rotors sort of help you to take off from anywhere. You don't need a runway. Uh But once it's in the air, it sort of moves forward and the wings start producing the lift and sort of it's just flying like a plane after that. Oh, okay, so planes travel through jet propulsion, is it the same thing here, or do the rotors play the role? So here what you have is, uh, there are different implementations, and I won't talk much about what we're doing right now, but uh, a very simple answer to that is just imagine one more rotor at the back sort of pushing the plane forward. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, This is what you used to see in planes a while back, where you had those propellers spinning and moving. So Uh imagine four, in the most basic version of this, imagine four fans, Helping you go up, Uh and now you're in the air, Uh so you're ready to take off now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, and now imagine a virtual runway. Okay. And Mm -hmm. now you have a fan which is pushing you forward, Uh so now you're moving forward, Mm -hmm. and this is your virtual runway, and you're taking off. Ah, okay, so your runway then becomes the air itself. Your runway is the air. Awesome. And as you pick up speed, Mm -hmm. you don't need the rotors to keep you in the Mm -hmm. air anymore because the wing is generating enough lift. And then you glide. And then we Awesome. That sounds really, really cool. And right? that's where most of the energy savings come from. Uh-huh. And also, that is not enough to be honest. There are a bunch of companies doing that in the world. Okay. This can help you double maybe two and a half times your range compared to a normal drone. Okay. But what nobody really spent time doing this, this is more brute force if you think about it. Uh-huh. Okay. You just took a, you took a wing, you took, fo- you took a drone, you slapped them together and you're flying them. You're not right. really worrying about are there any problems. Okay. What you problems know? are... So, um, the wing is a burden during the takeoff. Okay. Uh-huh. You, you don't need. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the quads are a burden during flight. <laughs> right. 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 So, how do you make sure that that does not happen? Or if it happens, how do you minimize it? And these are problems nobody has discussed. And we spent almost two years researching on how we can actually optimize for these things. And we filed our patents as well. Uh, so, the idea is that you, you try to figure out how to place a rotor with respect to a wing so that they sort of work with in harmony rather than work in as in asynchronous right so
0: this is like the glass are either half empty or the glasses are full yeah the optimist says that the rotors help you take off the wings help you glide right the pessimist says the wings aren't needed while taking off the rotors right. aren't needed while
1: gliding we say that uh, if you buy what we have to sell it'll do what you want it to do <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, okay great
0: so like All the best with this, man. This sounds really, really exciting. Thank you. Now, just give me a little, let's go under the, let's go to the details a little. What are the problems you face with doing these things?
1: Um, Money. Money is always the answer for some reason. I'm kidding. So, um, (laughs) India has been known as a software center. We've produced some great software companies, Infosys, TCS. Market caps are huge. But India has never been seen as a competent hardware producer.
0: Okay, right.
1: And what that really means is when you take a product and you go out there and you, you tell a VC uh-huh. that, hey, I want to build a hardware product, he says, hey, are we really known for doing this? Can we do this? So there is this skepticism that okay. is there in building hardware products in India.
0: Right. And even the professor background and the IIT Madras tag doesn't help with this. Yes.
1: Uh, it does, but it still only helps to the extent of R&D where we can show proof of concept. If you say I'm going to actually build a product in India, they'll say that's the a problem. Oh, okay. And right. So that is one aspect. Investment capital is hard to come by in deep tech startups because the gestation period is slightly longer. You do an app, you have a growth phase, in four years a VC can exit. We're talking about seven, ten years, twelve years for a hardware product, especially oh, okay. when it's aerospace, uh-huh. right? And that is where we got a little smarter, and we said we will not build an electric plane initially. Right. We sort of commercialize the first MVP as well. Right. But these are small things that we've been forced to do. I mean, if you ask me, I'll just go build an electric plane. But right. But you have to improvise, adapt, overcome. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, the other problems that you face are. Uh, again the government sort of not working with you and these are smaller problems but largely the biggest challenge I think India faces in hardware problems is uh, in hardware startups is that the world not believing that we can do this and I think we really need to get past that Mm -hmm. and always uh, we're scaling right now and scaling is always a problem if you are not attract top talent and Uh uh, thanks to you I think a lot of smart Indians out there with real skills are going to be listening to this (laughs) podcast. And I hope you like what we're doing and if you think that you can come work with us, we'd love to have you. Awesome. That sounds really great, man. I hope this goes well for you and thank you for having us. Pleasure.